so we are going to start with LPS conservatorship. Um, LPS conservatorship is the term used in California for involuntary mental health treatment. Um, it is a state mandated um, and state funded program. It is a part of a mental health system designed for the care and treatment of severely mentally ill adults and minors who require involuntary mental health treatment. The conservatorship is a legal vehicle that allows the conservator to authorize involuntary treatment for this program, only designated psychiatric facilities, and uh, the court can make uh, referrals to the public guardian for the investigation of the need for conservatorship. As you see, it, LPS stands for Latterman, Petrus, and Short. Okay, the process for conservatorship is initiated after a client is placed on a 72-hour uh, hold. It's also called a 5150. The psychiatrist can initiate a referral for LPS conservatorship if they believe the client is gravely disabled. Um, the investigation part of the conservatorship in general requires uh, a personal interview with the individual, a review of the medical records, and interview with, with family members. Information is gathered about the individual's ability to care for himself or herself, including the management of finances. Um, an assessment is then made to determine if the referral, uh, referred individual meets the legal criteria for conservatorship, including an absence of appropriate alternatives. So we're going to go on to the next slide on grave disability disability. Um, grave disability is defined as a condition in which a person as a result of a mental disorder is unable to provide for his or herself uh, basic needs of food, clothing, and shelter, and is unwilling to accept uh, treatment voluntarily. A gravely disabled minor is defined as a minor who is unable to use the elements of life which are essential to health safety and development, including food, clothing, or shelter, even though provided to the minors by others. Um, we are the petitioning party and thus have the burden of proof to prove to the court beyond a reasonable doubt that the client is gravely disabled. The public guardian can be appointed over uh, the person, which is our, our issue related to the person only, or the estate, which is financial matters, and most of the time, most of public guardian cases, we are over the person and the estate. The court will empower the public guardian to act on behalf of the client with specific powers. We're gonna go over the powers later on. Um, the public guardian must petition for the approval of the court on a complex issue not outlined to the power. So anything that is invasive, any medical DNR requests, we do need court authorization for us to consent to those type of um, issues. Uh, after appointment of the public guardian, uh, a deputy public conservator is responsible for the administrations of the case. The main duties includes establishing appropriate living arrangements, uh, including placement, ensuring uh, necessary medical or psychiatric care, property inventories, marshalling assets, and income application. We set up budgets and provide personal periodic visits, accounting and funeral arrangement when a conservatory does not have a, a next of kin. Now onto the powers that um, was mentioned earlier. 
here we have listed power four through A. Power four is to place a person in a to place in a personal residence or in an open care facility. Power five to place in an open unit of an acute care psychiatric hospital. Six is to place in a skilled nursing facility or institute for mental disease. Seven is to place in a locked unit of an acute care psychiatric hospital. 7A to place in a locked state developmental facility. Power eight is to require psychiatric treatment other than medication. And 8A is to require treatment with psychiatric medication. Power three, to manage and control the conservatives income and estate. And as mentioned, we apply for any type of benefits that they are eligible to. Um, as the conservator over the estate, the LPS conservator has the legal authority to apply for Medi-Cal, Medicare, SSA, SSI, SSDI, and any benefits uh, a client may be entitled to. Even uh, VA benefits, uh, most of our clients, uh, we've been getting a lot are veterans. Um, and um, so next point, power ranges from contacting, uh, contracting for services, securing bank account, resolving financial matters and negotiating debts on and et cetera. We, um, it is also possible for the conservator to abandon or sell or liquidate assets but requires court approval in order to do so. The next slide will talk about the disabilities imposed on the LPS conservatee. So power nine revolts the driver's license and revolts their right to operate a motor vehicle. Power 10 removes the right to refuse treatment related specifically to the condition causing grave disability. Power 11 removes the right to enter contracts. Power 12 removes the right to consent to medical non-psychiatric treatment. Um, the LPS conservator has the authority to approve psychiatric medication, treatment, and placement. And Freddie's going to take over to the next slide. Okay, so I'm going to talk about renewal for conservatorship. Uh, the renewal for conservatorship occurs on an on a annual basis and is to determine, to, to determine if the client remains gravely disabled and in need of conservatorship uh, and to have someone a fiduciary make decisions for them. Uh, so in the in the in the court's ruling, they'll take consideration. Uh, they'll take into consideration uh, many points of evidence, like Atrian um, stated. Uh, it is a burden of proof of the public guardian to determine this person needs conservatorship. So we have to we have certain uh, uh, certain tools that we use in order to to make our point that this person needs conservatorship, including a formal report which is written by the the deputy assigned to the to the to the conservatorship. Sign of the conservatee, conservatee uh, physician's declaration, and testimony and supporting evidence of a doctor who is currently treating the client. Now, a physician declaration is formed is a document used that is uh, completed by the physician's physician who's uh, treating the client um, and is used as evidence in court. So, a conservatee can can choose to remain on conservatorship and not attend the hearing, and this can be communicated in advance to the public defender. Um, the public defender um, is required to go out and see the client and communicate uh, that they have a hearing and uh, try to and uh, communicate what the client wants to do uh, in court. Um, if the conservative wants to remain on conservatorship, they can do so. 
just by letting the a public defender and the public defender will act on behalf of the client and let the court know that they want to remain on conservatorship and the conservatorship will then be extended for another year. So a, a conservatorship, a conservatee can choose to can, cho can choose or oppose reappointment. Um, but they have to present, they have to be present in the courtroom to do so. A conservatee cannot tell a, a public defender, hey, I want to get off conservatorship. I, I don't want to do this anymore. They have to go to court and address the court because the court will have their questions uh, regarding as to why the conservatee believes they want to get off conservatorship. And uh, they have to be there in court to communicate these, these, uh, these reasons. Uh, if the conservatee opposes the appointment, they have the option to have a jury trial or a court trial. Um, to determine the outcomes of the proceedings. So meaning they can have the judge uh, on a court trial uh, determine it or a jury of their peers. So they have to go through the whole idea process, um, select a jury, and the jury will then make the decision, just like any regular, uh, any regular uh, jury trial. Uh, during the trial, it is required for the treating physician to testify and prove their and provide their assessment of the client's progress under the care, meaning if they believe that the client is in still need is still gravely disabled and in need of conservatorship, or if they've made sufficient progress to where they don't need a conservator anymore and they're able to handle their home affairs. Uh, the physician then testifies in court and must have direct knowledge of the client's treatment from interacting with the client. Now, this is a thing, a very specific thing that um, in, in, in the court, um, the way it's handled. So a doctor that's treating the, the client has to be in court and testify. It can't be a doctor that's that that's uh, you know that's a part of the facility or is aware of the client's uh, treatment or has had contact with the client in the past or knows of his history or is associated with the hospital and or facility where the client is residing and can provide some information about the client. No, it has to be a doctor that directly has direct knowledge of the client's progress uh, that sees them on a regular basis because that could be uh, disproven in court. And again, has to be done without a reason. Remember, all this has to be proven without a reasonable doubt, meaning that, again, that uh, that weighs on, on the court's decision uh, to whether uh, continue with the reappointment or not. Um, now, if the court determines that the client's not gravely disabled, the public guardian's powers are revoked. We no longer have any power to, to, to do anything on behalf of the client. And from then on, the, the case is terminated and the client is free to, to do whatever it is they need, whatever it is they want to do after that point. Now, if the court determines that the client is gravely disabled, then the powers remain in effect for another calendar year. However, the client can ask for a rehearing within six months. Now, under the law, the client can ask for a rehearing within six months to see if they made sufficient progress uh, at that point. There are some clients that we have who, do, who have done really well um, they're doing well in, a, in, a, in, in the setting that they're at, now, that whatever setting they're at. And probably the doctors may be on the fence saying, hey, you know, they're doing really well, but I don't know if they're going to be out there. They're going to have trouble managing their finances. They're going to have trouble seeking medication. They're going to have trouble seeking treatment. At this point, we don't believe that that might be a barrier for them to be able to be in the community. So if they believe and say, hey, you know, maybe if we give them a couple months, in an open setting and able to see if they can practice these, these, uh, they can practice this. Maybe if they're able to do it uh, within a couple of months, maybe they can come within a six, come back in six months and have a rehearing in court. Now, a rehearing means that it's not a court trial, it's not a jury trial. The client has pretty much a one on one with the judge and they pretty much plead their case to the judge and ask and let them know 
the reasoning as to why they believe they should not remain on conservatorship and are able to handle their own affairs if they have a viable plan for self-care. So if they say, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to use the money that I have, or I've saved some money up, I'm going to find me a place, I'm going to find treatment with Dr. So-and-so, or I'm going to, and I'm going to continue getting my medication through the provider that I'm linked with right now. And I'm going to be able to meet all these needs, or I am going to go to the food bank on a regular basis. And that's how I'm going to meet the needs for food. Then they believe that 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 might be a viable plan. However, uh, for the most part, it's, it's the clients that are real on rehearings typically don't get them granted. And the client then is uh, able to make their, at the next hearing, which is a year from the reappointment, will then make their case again, whether they uh, should be on conservatorship or not. So PG and FSP uh, client criteria. So clients are in an open setting. Are, uh, we try to link them with FSP services. Now, certain enrollment criteria that we, we have with these clients are the following. While the enrollment process, process remains the same, conservatees, will be enrolled in FSP services regarding of the preference. So FSP services are part of their voluntary mental health, mental treatment, meaning that the client does not have the option of whether they want to be, um, they want to be in the FSP. A lot of times, um, some of the clients that are, that, are uh, that get FSP services that are not on conservatorship, they can say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're I, that's not something that I want to do. It's not something that I feel is right for me. Well, if they're under conservatorship, they do not have the choice. They have to uh, be part of, of treatment. They have to be, they have, that's part of their treatment, just like medication, just like seeing a doctor, it's part of their, their mental health treatment. So they have to, uh, they have to uh, be part of it. So FSP providers uh, play an important role during the appointment process and their assistance is, their assistance is important in obtaining declarations and securing psychiatric testimony, psychiatrist testimony, because sometimes may have, well, most of the times the FSP providers will go out and see the clients on a regular basis. They'll have their own doctor that the FSP uh, will provide um, and they have direct knowledge of, of the client's progress and, and they'll be able to, to direct them when we need them in court for a reappointment uh, to fill out not only the physician's declaration, but also be present at the appropriate time. And while regular FSP clients can be placed in shelters, motels, independent living, these housing options are not appropriate for PG conservatives. The reason why is because uh, our, our standards indicate that they might might be they need to be in a in a uh, licensed care facility. They must the facility must be licensed in order to be able to one handle medication, provide care to the clients, uh, and uh, be 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 ha- have some type of meet some type of um, uh, certain criteria for them to be able to go there. So it can't just be anybody that they has to be, uh, has to be a staff that's able to handle the client, be trained, have some type of formal training and able to handle any issues that might arisen with uh, our clients. And uh, clients cannot enter a contract or sign any documents on their behalf. So that's one of the, one of the stuff that's been revoked. So uh, during the time uh, that the client's on conservatorship, we have clients that want to do certain things which they cannot, they can't go buy a car. Uh, they can't do, uh, you know, they can't, anything that has to do with any type of contract is not something they could be able to enter, enter to. So we'll be doing it on the, their behalf. So expectations of PG clients connected to FSP, out, outreach and engagement of enrolled clients on an ongoing basis, housing services, assisting clients with local uh, permanent housing, case management services, provide referrals and linkage to community and related supportive services, 
transportation, transporting clients to and from services, which they have been referred to, and medication support assistance obtaining prescription and filling prescriptions. And so, uh, so expectations of the PG clients connected to FSP, crisis intervention, in initiating hospitalizations and security assessment to acute psychiatric care when appropriate, uh, individual therapy, counseling, finding solutions and trauma-focused interventions to assist clients to help manage the symptoms and problematic behaviors, life skills training, assisting clients to gain, restore, improve, or maintain independent living skills, substance abuse treatment, using intervention to assist clients to reduce the harm and risks associated with substance abuse. And of course, all of these, uh, if, if clients are able to gain uh, these skills, uh, it is unlikely that they're able to remain on conservatorship. Uh, they're able to uh, function in the community and, and not uh, need someone to, to make decisions for them. And collateral supports, of course, connect client and family members or significant others. And this is how they can assist, assist the client with care and treatment goals. So we had a PG FSP pilot program within, the, uh, within our own department, which we work closely with uh, multiple DMH FSP providers to provide services to help LPS conserve clients. Um, uh, cases are assigned to specialized caseload administration deputies. Uh, at this point, we've only, we've worked with uh, a couple uh, uh, service areas and a couple DA, uh, uh, direct, uh, DMH direct link programs. Uh, deputies visit these clients more often than LPS clients, establish a proper relationship and build rapport. And deputies work closely with FSP providers to address clients' ongoing needs that can change at any given moment. Now, these clients have, uh, I was discussing with my with Adrian earlier, uh, they have ongoing needs that other clients usually don't. So these are clients that have continued hospitalizations, uh, have substance abuse issues, are in are or are in a, an increase um, an increase for uh, risk of being homeless or being evicted because of their behavioral problems, um, and these are the clients uh, that we have that we work with closely, FSP providers to try and uh, avoid um, any negative outcomes for our clients. Uh, we work with the providers for over the last couple of years. We really haven't. We've worked very well. It's worked, uh, we, we've tried to minimize any issues of the uh, of any issues within our 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 population. It started um, with only ten clients. I believe now we're all over twenty something clients. Um, and out of the obviously out of the twenty something clients, uh, we cycled through a couple. Some have got off conservatorship. Um, some uh, have. Uh, I, I have this, some have conservatorship for various reasons. And so uh, we've ended up with, uh, you know, uh, uh, lower caseload than usual. And we're able to uh, establish group rapport with those clients and especially the providers, which has helped us provide even more effective services to the clients. Uh, we're able to meet those needs and we're more familiar with them. Uh, we, we have more contact with them on a regular basis than our normal uh, regular PG clients. Uh, and uh, the programs work, work very well so far. Um, we've looked to expand and uh, we're working right now to try and do that. So uh, that's pretty much what the program is doing right now. I, I pilot. So contributors, again, they're high risk for decompensation. Pilot program requires constant contact and monitoring between the clients. So usually clients uh, on a regular basis for uh, PG client conservatees 
they are visited by the by the deputy on a uh, they conduct their periodic visits um, once uh, once per quarter. And but these clients, we see them on a regular basis, so we'll see them maybe once a month. If not, if if their needs require the for the require for the deputy to go out and see them uh, more than that, then we'll do. I mean, it's not unheard of that we'll see a client twice in a month. Um, additional support has provided services for lifelong using housing treatment and medical needs. Um, and again, like I said, it's common for these clients to have constant issues, you know, not faced by general FSP clients. I think that is the end of the end of the uh, presentation. I don't know if anyone has any questions. I'm here to answer any questions you may have. Actually, there is something you can do. So I'll answer the first question, the second okay. question first, and the first question second. And if at any time you believe or you if anyone comes across someone or a conservator who they believe is not acting in the best interest of the client, you can always write a letter to the mental health court. You can send that letter to the mental health clerk's, health, health clerk's court, I'm sorry, mental health court clerk's office uh, in Hollywood, and they will forward that to one of the judges. The judges will review the letter and they will set a hearing. If the client's on conservatorship, they will set a hearing. And then at that point, you can make your, you can, they'll, they'll say, hey, we're going to set this hearing because this person it's come to our attention that this person is not acting on the best behalf, on, in the best interest of the client. So they can call uh, during that hearing, they'll hear they'll, the, the, the judge will hear the concerns and then they will, they can ask the public guardian to conduct an investigation to see if it would be appropriate for us to take over as conservator. So on the second question, uh, the first, the first question, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do in the event that the client is not conserved because there's nothing on our end to make sure that, that uh, we can't initiate a conservatorship by our honor. And it has to be initiated at the hospital level because it has to be initiated because conservatorship is a legal process by which you're taking someone's rights away. So it has to be done a certain way. Legally, there are certain rules that have to be followed. There are certain processes that have to be in place. That's the reason why we need a, uh, why we need a doctor to come in when, when someone gets on conservatorship and we go to court for the hearing, we have to have not 100% of the time, but most of the time for the doctor to come in to make their case for us to help us to get the client on conservatorship. Because if we don't, if, if we don't have a doctor to provide, uh, provide testimony, then that might prove us to be like that might not be without a reasonable doubt to the court. And the court might say, well, you don't have a professional here indicating that this person is gravely disabled. So that, that, that kind of makes our case fall apart, kind of falls apart. So that, that's why. Um, there are some questions in the chat. Sure. Yeah. So the, the process to initiate a conservatorship, it always starts at the, it starts at the hospital level. So the, 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 the person has to be hospitalized in a county designated uh, facility. That is, that is designated to send uh, referrals for conservators. So now what happens is when a client comes in and they're evaluated, they're, they're coming on a 5150. I, I believe we, we forgot to kind of touch that upon that. So the process of conservatorship is the following. Someone goes to the hospital. They are evaluated um, to see if, if, if they're, uh, they meet criteria for a 5150 hold. They place them on a 5150 hold. Then the doctor will make another determination of whether they believe this person is greatly disabled and needs somebody to make decisions for them. 
So then, then they will send a referral to us. So we can, so we can initiate, they initiate the process by sending a referral to us. We'll then receive the referral. It'll get assigned to a, an investigator. An investigator will go out, conduct our investigation, meet with the client, meet with the doctors, meet with the treatment team staff, social worker, case manager, talk to the family to see one, if this person meets criteria for conservatorship and two, if, if there are any viable alternatives. For the most part, most of the time, uh, um, if they believe that that family is a conser- is is a is a alternative to conservatorship, that they can be the conservator or get on conservatorship, then they'll make they'll be the conservator, or they, they won't be the conservator. For the most part, we're the conservator because most of our clients don't have family or don't have family that want to be involved, or they're at a point where their family where they're burned too many bridges, and at that point, the family doesn't even want to know about the client. So then we step in. So then once, once the, uh, the, 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 the investigator has made a determination of if they make criteria or not, they'll submit the report to the court. There'll, there's going to be a hearing made. Now, let me backtrack a little bit. During this time that the, the person's in the hospital, they're going to remain in the hospital. It's extended. That hold is extended until uh, the the er, er, until uh, until the the this is resolved until we go to court and we're able to determine whether the client is going to be placed on conservatorship or not. Now, usually okay. it takes thirty days by the by the time we get the referral for from the time we get the referral to the time we get a hearing. So during that time, the client will remain in the hospital so that the investigator can do the conduct the investigation and gather all the evidence. And then during that time, like I said, we'll have a court hearing. The client will go to court. We'll go to the, the investigator will submit their, their report to the court. The doctor again will be called to come to the court to provide testimony. Mm-hmm. Then the proceedings will, will, will take place and then the judge will make the decision. But at that point, okay. remember, these are court proceedings. The client is assigned a public defender who will be a, who will fight on their behalf so the client is not placed on conservatorship. We'll do whatever it is they can to try and get the client off conservatorship. It's very rare when we go to court initially and the client, when we see a referral and the client says, no, I want conservatorship. It's very, very rare when someone goes to court and says they want to be placed on conservatorship because again, they're getting certain rights taken away. So, and for the most part, when we have clients that not the first time, this is not the first time we've had clients that have been, that have been conserved multiple times. So, so they know what they're in store for. They know how it works. So they're very reluctant to even to try and uh, and say that they want to, to remain on conservatorship or be on conservatorship again. Then at that point, the judge makes the decision and then we go from there. And again, we become the conservator or if there's a family member that is that is involved, the court usually will prefer a, a family member to be the conservator over public guardian. Um, and that's usually how the process goes. So I'm going to start from okay. the, I'm going to start from the top. I'm going to try to answer these questions. So it says, I'm sorry if I, I'm just going to start from the top and go from there. So who does a parent contact to get conservatorship over her 19 year old son who has severe mental illness? Now I will, they can contact the pet team. They can call the, uh, one they can contact the pet team. They can call the one eight seven seven. uh, uh, the general number, the mental uh, departmental health number, one, I think it's 1877. Um, they can 
they, you, you can go online or you can call information and ask for the uh, uh, DMH helpline number. And it's an automated system where you can actually it'll connect you to uh, someone that'll uh, provide services if somebody needs to come out to be evaluated. Now, if that person, now one, it, keep in mind that if someone that's that young and they have a mental illness, um, there's a lot of factors that are going to determine whether this person is going to go to the hospital, it, you know, it, whether number one, how severe their illness is, two, if they've been diagnosed before, if they've been hospitalized before, if they've been, again, diagnosed, if they, if they know what type of illness they had, for the most part, when we have clients that go to the hospital, they're already, already known to the hospital, they've, they've have a, a, a lengthy history of hospitalizations, or of some type of incidents uh, of, of and that's how they end up being on conservatorship or they end up being determined to be gravely disabled. I believe the number is 800-854-7771. So I'll just, I'll put it in the, and um, that's the general number for DMH. And you can call that number, like I said, for them uh, uh, to get, uh, get, try to get them mental health services. Can a person who is undocumented under PG conservatorship can get benefits through SSI or full scope Medi-Cal? No, they have to meet the, regardless of whether they're conservatorship or not, they still have to meet the requirements for eligibility for for benefits. So we do have individuals who are undocumented that are conserved, but however, we only have power over person. So we only have power to, our, our, our powers are um, regulated to just the specific uh, decisions on person. We can't make any decisions over state, meaning we can't apply for benefits or anything like that. However, there are instances where we have clients that they are on, let's say they're uh, lawful permanent residents, and let's say they don't have, uh, so at the time of investigation, it's been determined that, the, that it's, they can't determine whether this person is a resident or a citizen for whatever reason. So then we'll get power over over person. And then once the case is assigned to a deputy, they will then go ahead and con- conduct their own investigation to see if they can prove that the client is a resident or a citizen. And if we're able to obtain that information, such as, you know, a, a U.S. Uh, uh, a U.S. Uh, citizenship uh, uh, certificate or a lawful permanent resident card, or some type of information from INS, and we can determine that the client is eligible for benefits, then we can go back to the court petition to add a state, and then we can, so for, so so we're able to manage those benefits. But someone who is undocumented, unfortunately, we're not able to provide uh, those services to them. It's, we're restricted to only person. Um, let's see. I have difficulty contacting one L- LAPG and are there other ways to contact the PG? If the family conservator wants to change the conservator term scope, are there any information department they can be referred to? Now, okay, so if you have, I'll answer both questions. So if you have issues contacting any conservator, you can always contact me and then I'll, I'll forward it to the appropriate person. Uh, I'll try to contact them myself directly or I'll contact their supervisor. How do we advocate for the process to start if a hospital is reluctant to do it? All of you, the FSP recommended consumer to be referred to conservatorship, but for whatever reason did not happen. The consumer was in the hospital for over 30 days before discharge. The situation didn't improve and are currently MIA, so we refer to ALT. So 
like I said before, what I would that that's that's the problem that that happens most of the time where the the doctor probably doesn't feel that they are ill enough in order to warrant somebody to be the conservator or for conservatorship. And if they have been referred to AOT, that also is also an option um, for conservatorship. Keep in mind that AOT is an alternative to conservatorship. So you can't have AOT and conservatorship at the same time. You can only have one or the other. Um, and a lot of cases that are, especially a lot of cases that are going through the courts right now in terms of like the criminal court, a lot of them are being referred to uh, AOT programs or diversion, which is kind of the same thing, which is uh, everybody's familiar with AOT and diversion. There uh, there are other alternatives to conservatorship where the client goes to program and they have to report um, their, they have to report to program, attend program, and the program then reports to the court, um, letting them know if they're fulfilling their the requirements of, of the program. And then they go, if they don't fulfill the primes of the program, then they issue a warrant for the arrest. But that has to do again with other, with clients that are, um, that that has to do with most part of most of the clients that have committed some type of, of crime. Um, so often the hospitals are not open to initiate the conservatorship paperwork. Any suggestions to go about this? We always, like I said before, we always say about uh, calling patients' rights to see if maybe they can help. And for the most part, patients' rights really need to help and just making sure, like I said, that you're you're armed with the information and with the history of the client. And that kind of actually goes a long way um, to try and getting the client uh, in, in, you know, in the crosshairs of getting conserved and the crosshairs of them submitting a referral for the client. Again, if, you know, it also helps to know where the client's been and what kind of treatment they're receiving um, that would lead them to believe that they would need uh, conservatorship. Okay. I want to ask you regarding a client that's been hospitalized currently to a hospital. Client does not stay for long durations, four to five visits. Client's mother is requesting conservatorship. In the case of frequent but short hospitalization, will client's mother have a case to apply to conserve the client? Mm -hmm. um, yes and no because of his stay. So if they believe that he's does it because I, I'm assuming, I, I, obviously, I don't know a lot about the case, but I'm assuming if he's only been in the he's only in the hospital briefly and they they're letting him go it's probably because again they believe that he's able to be stabilized and function in the community without the need for a conservator um so that's the reason why they're probably doing that if he stays longer than that then they they, they will probably have a case they will probably have a case uh at that point but if if they continue showing that he's only able staying staying for short stints of time they the doctor might not believe it's worth for them to submit a referral because keep in mind, like I said, the doctor, that doctor that submits a referral will have to come to court and testify. And most doctors are not, are very reluctant to do that because they have to come to court and then, you know, be in front of a judge. Most of the time they have to wait all day until the case is called. Um, and they're unlikely to do so because they believe that, you know, they could be in the hospital or they could be somewhere um, treating other clients instead of being, you know, at, at instead of being in the hospital. So again, it would depend on the length of the stay of the client. If he's continuing to stay only a short, have short, these short stints, then they're not likely to do so. Um, but like I said before, I would advise her to just continue to document what's going on with him. And maybe, you know, in the future that would help him build a case for a conservatorship. Let me go on to the next one. Can a county hospital send a referral for conservatorship if a client has extensive history of hospitalizations from another hospital's other than their own, I provide an extensive history of clients' mental health history and hospitalization. With the Lamar Hospital State, in order for them to consider conservatorship, 
client has to be hospitalized multiple times at their own hospital, not at other hospitals. It depends on the hospital and it depends on the doctor. Again, most doctors are reluctant to do this if they don't, if they don't believe that they have enough information on the client or if they're unwilling to weigh that information in their assessment and they have that, you know, the discrepancy to do so. So if they, if they want to do it, they can, they don't, they don't, they have that, that power to do so. Um, for the most part, most doctors will do, but certain, and, and, and most hospitals will, but there's also some that, that won't and some that will and some that won't. And we're all, you, you're always going to run into that, um, where the doctors will say, Hey, you know what? They might meet criteria, but not under what I've, I have seen, uh, or what I, what I know. So they're, they're reluctant to do so. What is the protocol? We have a client who is working part-time and would like to open a bank account. Would bank account have to be joint account? Well, you know what? For, for, for our clients, clients are not allowed to enter into contracts. That would be, that would be a violation of their conservatorships. So and they're not able to, to, um, to uh, open a bank account. We have estate accounts that we manage within our department for each client. And that's how we pay for their care. That's how we provide for any, any, um, any type of needs that they have. So would you like, I mean, it would depend on a, on a private. I mean, I, I'm speaking in terms of uh, us, how we handle cases on a private conservatorship, it would be different. So conservatorship and patient guardianship is a different. Well, guardianship, Guardianship is a term that they use um, as conservatorship in other states. Conservators use here in California, but guardianship is used, but it only pertains to individuals who are minors. That's, that's the term that it pertains to. It's the same thing, but it's just minors. And that's, the, that's where they differ. So conservatorship is the same thing, but guardianship has to do with minors. What about someone having a power of attorney over a client? She's able to be hospitalized by the person with the power of attorney? No, because power of attorney doesn't doesn't state that you have that power, does it? I, I I'm not I'm not aware of the fact that it does that. Uh, power of attorney for health would be the the, the designation, and that way you can make uh, decisions for yeah. their health care, but not you can't right. necessarily against their will do anything so power of attorney is just a designation it doesn't it's not like conservators right right that and that that's what i was gonna say yeah it, it might make it might give you the the power to make decisions of regarding care but it doesn't give you the power to keep them in a in a, yeah, in a facility yeah. yeah um let me see uh do public conservators get six months vacation why are they never available or on vacation i'm not aware of anyone that's on vacation for six months um, it might be that they're they were probably on vacation and their uh, voicemail forgot they forgot to change the voicemail or whatnot. Um, I'm not aware of anyone that's been that six months would be cool. Anybody would like six months of vacation, but I I don't think so. I don't think anybody's been on vacation. Again, if you guys ever need any, uh, it, contact any conservator uh, associated with PG. You can always contact me uh, via email, and I'll I'll let them know. Uh, I'll 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 get them. I'll get them the information that you need. I'll try my best to make sure that they get in contact with you. Um, but I don't know what AOT is. Can you please explain? So AOT is, a, is a, oh, somebody put it, assist, assisted outpatient treatment, which is an alternative uh, that 
it's being used more now um, by the court and it's court order. Yeah, like they like they indicated. I think they kind of pretty much covered it. So it's kind of a program where they have, it's an alternative to conservatorship where a client is enrolled in program. They have to attend a certain amount of time. There are certain uh, constraints on this program on when they have to attend. Uh, the length of the program, depending, it is usually, uh, it could vary. It could be a year, it could be 16 months. Uh, it could vary. I, that, that's what I've heard. And then they go to court. The, the, the program will go to court. And then the judge will say, has this person been participating in the program? Yes. Are they uh, doing this? Are they not doing this? Then the court will act accordingly, depending on what they believe, uh, how, the, how the client is acting. For the most part, ALT is kind of going to expand. So you, I, I'm assuming, I think it's going to be expanding more. So we're going to see, you guys are, might be seeing a lot more ALT clients uh, coming your way. Um, so uh, that's usually how it works with ALT. Uh, as far as I know, that's how it works. The, again, court order, they have to comply with certain requirements. Court, if they don't, then the court imposes their own sanctions or make it lead to them being arrested or won't put out for the rest uh, because they don't meet the requirements. Thank you so much, everyone. I will keep the line open just for a minute.